0: Email customercare at laranoils.com for a list of distributors and retailers near you and tell them Marge sent you. This is episode 83 and we're going to be looking at spiced keto cookies. Welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles where I help you take control of your high life. I am your host, Marge, and I just want to take a second to say thank you thank you for listening. Thank you for being here and for supporting me by your listenership. And I think you're really going to enjoy this recipe. I feel like I say that every single week, but as a result of me making all these recipes, I don't tend to do things on the show that I don't think taste good. And this recipe certainly falls into the taste good category. So before we get into it, I am going to give a shout out to Simon. Simon sent me a message all the way from Ireland, so it's pretty cool to have a new listener from that side of the world. And I think he heard it, heard me on the High on Homegrown podcast. So if you haven't had a chance to check out that episode yet, it was super fun. Those guys are great. Check out the High on Homegrown podcast. Simon has been a chef for a number of years and is looking at transitioning into cannabis edibles. And why not? What an exciting time it is for cannabis edibles right now, because the landscape is changing in so many parts of the world. I feel like it's just going to become a bit of a snowball effect. And there's a lot of new and exciting things happening in that industry. So welcome, Simon. Thanks for sending me the email. And I hope you enjoy this recipe along with all the other ones that we've been looking at on the show. So spiced keto cookies. The interesting thing about this recipe is it came at such a perfect time. I got this recipe from Elby's Edibles. And if you haven't heard of them, you're going to know all about them very soon because they are going to be a guest on next week's show. I'm very excited about that. I've recorded that one. The conversation was fantastic. What an amazing company. And the interesting thing about Elby's is that they are the longest running cannabis edibles company in Oregon. Uh, There's not too many people who can say that. So, they've been making edibles for over a decade. And before, I guess they had a medical program, before it became legal recreationally. So, they've just been doing this for a long time. And this is the recipe that they gifted me to share with all of you guys. And the one thing I really like about this particular recipe is I actually had a listener recently reach out to me and asking about keto recipes in particular. And if there's one person thinking it, I'm sure there are many of you out there as well who might be interested in that as well. So it it really came at the perfect time because I've been discussing this with somebody right around the time that they shared this particular recipe with me. And of course, I had a chance to make the recipe. And the one thing I really did like about it is that you can kind of make it both ways. If you're really not interested in the keto lifestyle for whatever reason, because it doesn't suit your needs. I mean, we're all completely different. Just the tolerance level that you have for edibles versus yourself versus somebody else should just demonstrate that all on its own. But of course, we're all unique individuals and our biology is pretty complex. So keto might not be the best diet for you. But for those of you who are, this is one recipe that you can add to your arsenal and infuse it at the same time to make it even better. The one thing about this recipe as well is not only can you make it keto or not, depending on your personal preferences, it is also you can easily make it into a vegan recipe as well. They did recommend a can of butter for this particular recipe, but you could easily use coconut oil as well. Now, I haven't tried the coconut oil version yet. That probably will because... I just haven't had time to do that yet. But I did use the butter version. And the reason I used butter is because LB's Edibles uses a full spectrum cannabis butter for all of their recipes. So I imagine when they made this one, they made it with with the can of butter. And that's sort of how they possibly intended it. But in my experience, infused coconut oil is a wonderful replacement for butter based products. And it might change it slightly. But overall, you're going to get the same effect in the end. And It was a, it was a lovely cookie. The other mystery, I shouldn't say mystery ingredient, but one of the other ingredients in it that made it really nice was natural peanut butter. So you put in some natural peanut butter and it really adds a nice moistness to the cookie after it's baked. So these are like soft, chewy cookies, not a harder, crispier cookie. And again, they used butter and can of butter. They used a combination of both for this particular recipe. But of course, based on your personal preference and tolerance level, you can use whatever you want. I used, I believe I used all can of butter for this particular one. They used a mix of can of butter and regular, regular butter, regular unsalted butter in their case. Um, So if that's better for you, depending again on your tolerance level, then you can easily do that as well. Now, it calls for super fine almond flour and coconut flour because, of course, if you're following a ketogenic diet, you're trying to avoid things that are going to spike your blood sugar, I believe, that kind of thing. And almond flour, the, the only thing about almond flour is it can get pretty pricey. I do find it uh, quite expensive, even if I'm buying it at Costco. And that is a good place to buy that stuff because you can get a pretty big bag Of almond flour for a pretty reasonable price. Uh, If you don't have access to that, bulk food stores are probably another good spot to go where it's going to be less expensive than buying bagged flour at your local grocery store. You can also do what I did, which I don't know if I necessarily recommend it because, well, I'll get into that in a second. But I basically, I bought a, a big bag of almonds, again, in my case from Costco, because the price was just really good. And I made my own almond flour. But the only problem when, and basically I was just putting a bunch of almonds in my high-speed blender, I have a Vitamix, so it can handle all of that, no problem. I put it in my Vitamix, and then I blend it. But I had to actually look up the difference, because there is what is known as almond meal and almond flour. And some of you, for some of you, this might be pretty obvious, but for me, I was just like, what the heck really is the difference? Well, almond meal is going to be a little denser, I believe, than the almond flour. And it's basically because I'm just taking raw, unprocessed almonds, throwing them in the blender, blending them up. So you can buy almond flour like that at the store as well. And that means the skins are left on. So it's going to look a lot less like the white flour that you're probably using it as a replacement for. If you want the more white flour texture, which is going to change the end result of your cookie as well, you're better off going from an almond flour. Now, you can still make this yourself if you want to. You can either, you know, maybe go to Costco again or a bulk food store and buy that. It's probably the most cost-effective way to do it because almonds are freaking cheap at the store or, sorry, expensive, I find. But you can blanch them. Blanch the almonds so that the, so you can remove the skins, then blend it yourself. You have almond flour. It's going to have much more of the consistency of a flour than the almond meal or just buy blanched almonds and then do it that way as well. That might be something I'm actually going to do next time just because the t- texture and consistency could be improved by using the almond flour versus the almond meal. But, you know what, these cookies were going to be probably eaten mostly by me and a, and a few family members, so the presentation, the look of them wasn't quite as important. But if you're really wanting to make these look nice, have the most beautiful texture, gift them, I would probably recommend using the almond flour just cuz it's going to be a little bit different, but these are just going to be sitting in your cupboard for you to enjoy and consume. Then, you know what? Work with what you've got on hand or what's easiest for you to procure. Coconut flour, pretty easy to find most places now. It is ridiculous how many different types of flowers up there are out there now. I, I have a cupboard. It's almost like a, a flower cupboard that has so many different types of flowers in it right now. It's almost a little out of control. But at the same time, it really comes in handy. When you have a small pantry, you've been baking for a while. Having a small pantry of the different flour options can be really useful so that when you do go to make a recipe like this, you're not like, oh shoot, I have to run out and buy coconut flour. I mean, you can always, if it's not a big deal, you're planning ahead, no problem. But sometimes I like to not have to worry about it. I just want to go to my kitchen and be like, I want to make an edible and have everything that I need on hand. And that's why having a bit of a, a flour pantry can be very useful if you're doing a lot of baking. So coconut and almond flours are both two good flours to keep on hand, especially if you're going to be getting into more of these keto style recipes. And I have been getting some requests for doing keto recipes. So I do expect that in the next few months, I'm going to be covering more of those as well. Now, the other thing that I was told, because I was asking uh, LB a little bit about making this recipe because they recommended brown sugar substitutes and a powdered sugar substitute in this recipe, neither of which I had on hand. I had actually a... A sugar substitute that I did buy at the store. And it was sort of like an, uh, I think it's an erythritol, which is like a sugar, alcohol, monk fruit combination. Those seem to be pretty common. I mean, I've used it for a few things. It seems to work quite well. But what I ended up doing was buying a brand called Swerve. And the reason was, is because Elby's Edibles highly recommended that particular brand as the best a Keto friendly sugar substitute that they have used as the longest running edibles bakery in that state of Oregon. I tend to believe what they say just because they've been doing this for a lot longer than I have and they really know their stuff. So I went out and I bought myself some. Now I'll link to that particular brand in the show notes. You can find it on Amazon in a pinch. I was able to easily find it in my local grocery store. So before you go ordering it on Amazon, you can always check uh, what aisles did I find it in? I found it in like the health food section aisle. So if you have a grocery store with that type of section, that's probably the best place to look, but it could also be in the baking section because a lot of grocery stores are starting to really improve their sugar substitute alternatives. Um, and the selection is just getting better as time goes on, but yes, easily found in my small city. So it's highly likely that they'll have it, um, wherever you are as well, and they do a sugar, a brown sugar substitute, powder sugar, and a granulated sugar substitute, so you can get one for all different purposes. Now, when I made this particular Spice Keto cookie, I'm trying to remember, I'm pretty sure I just used the regular sugar because I hadn't bought that stuff yet, I do intend to make this recipe again. So my version that I made that I've been enjoying recently is not a keto friendly recipe per se. But that's also one of the great things about this recipe is that really, it's the combination of spices that really give and the peanut butter that really give this particular cookie a really nice taste and texture. And if you want to go that one step further and turn it into a keto cookie, you can easily do that by picking up these sugar substitutes. They're not, I didn't find them too expensive, but at the same time, if, you know, uh, compared to traditional sugar, granulated sugar, it's actually a lot more expensive. Who am I kidding? Um, So if you're making big batches of this stuff all the time, those keto sugar substitutes can get pretty pricey. But, you know, if you're making smaller batches, or this is a lifestyle that you're wanting to follow, then of course, it's worth the money. So that means you can enjoy your favorite sweet treats and desserts without guilt. And uh, as someone with an enormous sweet tooth, to me, that sounds fantastic. So it is worth looking into. Of course, other sugar substitutes would probably work. But the complaint was that some of them can taste a little bit chemically, and of course, might change the overall flavor profile of whatever it is that you're making. So keep that in mind. But like I said, this is a recommendation from Albi's edibles about this sugar substitute. So I'll link to it, look for it in your local grocery store. I think the Swerve website itself might even have a where to buy because I think I did look that up to see if my grocery store would have it before I was even shopping that one day. And, um, If you're in Canada, that was carried at a lot of the Loblaw chains of stores, like the Superstore, Loblaws, No Frills, all those places. So um, pretty major grocery chain, and I'm sure it's easily found wherever you are in the world. So basically what you are going to need is your can of butter, whatever it is that you're using, whether it's butter or coconut oil. You're going to need your brown sugar and a powdered sugar or their substitutes. You need natural peanut butter which of course, is sugar free, typically. You do need two eggs. So as I read this, I think I commented earlier there that you can make this vegan. Well, it won't be vegan if that vegan in your life doesn't need eggs. So I know a few vegans that will make the exception for eggs. So depending on the person, this may or may not work. You could experiment with using a flax seed meal, uh, replacement, which I know is done in a lot of vegan cooking for like egg substitutes. It's like flaxseed and water, which does end up with a gooey consistency, just like your, just like eggs. So that can work. I can't vouch for that though. Cause I haven't tried it, but if you're really wanting to make these vegan, you could do that. And then you're going to want your super fine almond flour. Again, I did try these out with a more of an almond meal. They did work out quite fine, but the texture might be a little denser than what you get with the regular almond flour coconut flour, and then your basic spice. Well, I shouldn't say basic spices. There's nothing basic about these spices. You have ginger, pumpkin pie spice, cinnamon, nutmeg, baking soda, and salt. And if you don't have pumpkin spice pie, let's say that 10 times fast. If you don't have pumpkin pie spice handy in your cupboard, I did end up, I think the last time I had to use pumpkin pie spice for something, I... I didn't have it. So I just looked up a recipe online. I'm putting some together and I made a little jar of it myself because the pumpkin pie spice does tend to have things in it like cinnamon and nutmeg anyway. So I'll link, I'll try and find one of those again and link to it in the show notes. So if you don't have pumpkin pie spice left over from Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever, then you can easily just make your own with whatever spices you have in your cupboard and you don't have to hopefully run out to get one little item. That's pretty much it. You just follow the instructions. Of course, I'll link to that in the show notes as well. And you can have a delicious guilt-free cookie if you've made it sugar-free. And you know what? Even if you are eating sugar, the one really great thing about eating edibles is that when they're infused, you can't go crazy on them. And that's one of the reasons why I tend to bake edibles and nothing else. Because again, my sweet tooth would dictate if it had its opportunity to say, hey, don't stop. Don't stop now. Which is what usually happens with a lot of the sweets that I end up eating. I have really very little self control over that kind of thing because once I get going, I just can't stop. So, I mean, I have done that before with edibles, and then of course I regretted it big time later. And uh, I don't plan to repeat that lesson. I mean, how many times does a person have to learn that lesson before they figure it out? Well, I guess according to me, probably two or three times, but never again. So, Cannabis-infused edibles really do help me maintain my self-control, and for that, I'm very grateful. That's pretty much it for this recipe, you guys. I hope you're going to give it a shot and let me know what you think. If you try an alternative sugar substitute or you have one that you really like, let me know what it is because I'm happy to share that with everyone else who might be trying to make uh, keto-inspired cannabis edibles. Um If you know somebody who enjoys keto edibles or is looking to make some for themselves and you think they'll enjoy this recipe, share it with that one person you care about because sharing is caring, is it not? And that really helps other people discover the show. But I'm going to leave it at that for this week. Again, if you want to share any any creations that you've made with me, I'm always happy to see them. Shoot me a message at bitemepodcast at fastmail.com. I love hearing from you guys. I hope you're staying safe and you're enjoying some of that sunshine. The days are starting to get a little longer, which brings us a little bit of hope, doesn't it? I mean, I'm up north where our days get so, so short in the wintertime. And now that we're in February, a lot of people are getting very weary of winter, myself included. So what can one person do? Well, they can enjoy some edibles and take some of that weariness away. In any case, I hope you're all well, enjoying that sunshine, and stay high my friends.